Welcome to The Sound of Automation, brought to you by Clayton and McCurvey, CPAs for growth-driven businesses. Welcome, Brian, from sunny Florida. How are you? Oh, I was better last week when I was in Florida as well, Denise, but uh, I'm back home in nice, cold Michigan. At least I missed the snow, though. Right. I'm, I'm looking at the snow behind you, and it actually looks pretty nice. So It does. It does. I can't complain. <laughs> so last week, you were at an industry conference, and yes. I'm curious, um, maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about what, you, what the takeaways were there. Yeah, you know, the uh, I was at the uh, A3 Business Forum down in Orlando, and biggest takeaway from, from talking to everyone down there, it was just, it was good to be in person again, to be able to see people and talk. Uh, I mean, the content was was fantastic, you know, lots of good input on where we see the year going, you know, some of the developments in, you know, in automation and, and things for, for business owners to look at. Uh, but for the most part, it's those it's those conversations that take place at the coffee break or at the networking reception that you, uh, that you miss. And you, you just really, I mean, there was zoom is great, right? It, it's a, it's a helpful tool, but it can't replace those, uh, those conversations that happen around the water cooler, so to speak. Uh, so that was, uh, that was the best part about getting down there and, and getting to see everyone again. Good. I'm glad you had a chance to make it. Yes. So it sounds like today's topic is on business valuations. And I, I know I've heard you talk about that um, with greater intensity over the last couple of years. What are you, where are we at in the conversation and what are you hoping to learn today? Yeah, you know, and, and I think the, the biggest thing I've found in, in speaking with, you know, business owners and potential clients and other, you know, industry professionals, uh, it, it, a lot of what everyone's projected, right, that there's going to be the all the boomers, you know, retiring, maybe retiring faster now uh, be, as a result of the pandemic, not wanting to ride out another economic cycle, uh, and so there's anticipated a lot of you know business transaction activity happening over the next you know what do you call it three five years whatever it might be, uh, but but it's going to ramp up, and a key component of that, if you're on either side, the buy side or the sell side, is understanding the value of what it is you're trying to buy or sell. Um, and so we've, we have uh, Jane Tariba joining us today from Capital Valuation Group that that's, that's all they do is valuations. But really, to talk about it more, not so much as kind of the end goal, right, that we're, we're doing a transaction, so now we need to get a valuation done. It's how does a business owner bring that forward in their process and use that valuation as a strategic tool, you know, to decide, you know, do I need to do I need to make an acquisition to get to my, you know, my target when I want to sell the business? You know, if I want to, a big conversation right now uh, in, you know, professional services in general, definitely within, uh, you know, within the automation world as well is, is, you know, like some type of employee stock ownership. There's, it can take a number of different forms, but how do we try and we, we can't just continue to pay and pay and pay in terms of salary. So we've got to try and find other benefits to attract and retain talent and employee stock ownership is just one of those. And so the, the valuation becomes a key component in figuring out, What's the right plan for you? Uh, you know, would this even work? Will it, will that you know that type of strategy help you in the long run? Uh, so so we felt that you know getting someone on to talk about valuations help try and demystify it a little bit for business owners uh, would would be important. Sounds good. I look forward to meeting her and hearing the conversation. 
All right. Thanks, Denise. All right. Talk soon. Hello, and welcome to the Sound of Automation podcast. I'm Brian Prozik with Clayton McKirby, and joining to me is joining me today is Jane Tariba of Capital Valuation Group. Jane, how are you doing this morning? Excellent. So, uh, so maybe just to kind of start things off, and, and for uh, listeners who might not be familiar with Capital Valuation Group, can you just give me a little bit of background about uh, about what you all do? Sure, sure. We're a firm actually located in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, we do, but we work with clients throughout the country. We've been uh, doing business valuation and nothing but business valuation since 1974. And so, what we love about that is that it gives us an ability to really be independent. Um, so we don't provide any other services aside from business valuation and, and damages support in litigation cases. Um, but it doesn't. But we don't do any tax work. We don't do any accounting work. So we've been primarily focused on business valuation for forty-seven, almost forty-eight years. <laughs> and and so for the you know obviously you and I deal with it a lot in in our you know respective roles. Um, but for the for the business owner out there, a small to mid-sized you know business owner, I know they they hear the term business valuation. You know, particularly if they're going through a sale or something like that. But you know, can you maybe just you know, give people a little bit of background, what, what a business valuation is, how do you come up with it, things like that? Sure. Um, business valuation really is all about two things. It's about cash flow. So if you think of, it, think of it from the buyer's perspective, what is a buyer interested in? They're interested in understanding what, how are they going to earn a return on an investment? So it's the, it's the forecast of some kind of financial metric, usually cash flows. And then that also gets combined with the risk within the industry, within the economy, the size of the business, and, the, and a host of other things that help us understand what is the likelihood that those cash flows are going to play out in the future. So business valuation at the base of it really is about is about cash flow and, and risk. Excellent. And and you know I think more often than not, and as we were kind of preparing for this episode, you know, it seems like uh, in a way, business valuation is almost like insurance, right? Like you don't think about it until you need it. And then, you know, at that point, it's almost, it's almost too late, right? That, that often it's, uh, it's those major business events. You're, you're looking to sell or you're looking at an acquisition, things like that, that, um, that people start thinking about the business valuation. But in reality, you know, it's something that, that should come a lot earlier in the strategic planning, um, for for a business. So can you give a couple examples of how a business owner might use evaluation earlier on to help with their strategic plan? Sure. Well, the first thing I would just share is that business valuation and business value matters to any business, no matter what stage you're in, whether you're facing a transaction or or just operating your business, because the same things that increase value make your business better. They make it a better place to work. They make it a better environment. So focusing on ways to increase the business value overall will just will just continue to improve not only the culture and or not only the financial but also the culture and i think what's really important particularly when we're working with privately held businesses who aren't focused on quarterly results and giving you know giving updates and you know we we as small businesses and privately held businesses have a longer term outlook our strategic plans tend to be longer that means that if you're going to impact change on the business it's going to take time so if you don't understand what the value of your business is today if it's not the value that you want when you exit if you do it early enough if you understand it early enough you can make those changes to affect some change and perhaps increase the value so knowing knowing early um, just gives you so much 
so much more time and so much more advantage to be able to increase the value, to be able to improve the culture. And we always, we give this example a lot. I mean, you think about this, likely if you're the investor, you're the owner of a business, likely this is your retirement plan. You know, we go along and we offer benefits to our employees all the time saying, here's a 401k plan, here's some, you know, profit sharing. And, you know, you get those statements quarterly and you look at them and is the market up and, you know, would you really never look at your 401k statement? But that's what business owners essentially are doing by not understanding their business value. So um, periodically understanding what it is so that you know where you're going, you can p- kind of take your your worker hat off, if you will. You kind of, as an owner, have two hats. You're the worker and you're the investor. And if you can put that investor hat on and say, how do I track this investment and what do I do to manage it? Um, and again, the sooner you can do that, the time on your side is is always critical. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because we we've heard this a lot, you know, especially recently. You know, I think as uh, as companies have gone through the pandemic and they're, um, you know, maybe some business owners who are thinking about, well, maybe I'll stay stay around another five years or something like that. They're all of a sudden starting to think, well, maybe I don't want to run that risk again. Like we made it through this one, I, I want to move ahead. And so you start having those conversations, and they say, well, you know, I. I'd like to sell. Okay, well, what what do you need to retire? I'm not really sure, you know. Or uh, you know, there's another one of my clients that we've been talking to that uh, you know they've they've got an idea of what they want to do um, when they retire from the business, but they're not sure what that bridge is. You know, can can they get there just organically with growth? Do they need to make an acquisition? And so knowing kind of that that stake in the ground of where you're at today lets you then figure out your plans going forward. And, and yeah, if you, if you know that you're going to need to make an acquisition, you start, you know, getting all the things in order right now so that when uh, it's kind of like buying a home, right? When the right opportunity pops up, you're ready to move. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and it could be, you know, maybe it's investing in more capacity internally. Maybe it's replacing some equipment or, uh, you know, there's a whole host of things that that go into that risk factor mm-hmm. that you can control. Are your customers diversified? Are your processes documented? Um, you know, how much leverage do you have? What is the age and condition of the assets that you have? Nobody wants to come in and buy, you know, run down. It's like to your example, your house example is perfect. You want to have some refresh, you want somewhat refreshed. Yep. Um, so they know that they're not coming in and buying buying a problem that they're immediately going to have to have to address. So the more, again, just the more time that you have, the more you more you know you can identify those things where you might need to make additional investment, and maybe it's an acquisition, or maybe it's just sprucing up what you have already. Yep. Um, and just you know making sure that everything's documented that. You've got a management team in place that's not just reliant on the on the key business owner. That's a real we see that a lot where you've got the everything. You know, the, there's just so much tribal knowledge that the that the owner has, or the founder, wherever you are in, in in the in the life cycle of your business. But the more you can develop a really strong management team, um, also works to increase value and culture as well. Yeah, and and I like what you said there about the you know a lot of the changes you would want to put in place to improve your value are changes that are just going to make it a better place to work regardless. Like it'll, it'll improve, you know, employee morale. It'll give the business owner, you know, the bet, a better ability to track their financial performance and understand how decisions made, you know, operational decisions made are impacting the P and L and, and hopefully, you know, makes, makes the business more profitable, which then drives the the value up even, even more. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you had mentioned too, a lot of people coming off of this pandemic are, are, tired, they're 
they're ready. They're ready to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we see sometimes is, you know, we'll send out a, a meeting inv- calendar inv- invitation and they'll say, oh, don't put the words valuation on it because they get scared that as soon as their employees find out that they're going to get the business value, that everybody's going to assume there's a transaction. So, you know, even even doing this more regularly for actually just like I, you know, putting that investor hat on and saying, well, I want to manage my investment, you know, and, and communicate that maybe, maybe, you know, as transparently as you can with what, what, what information you're comfortable sharing, just so the people are comfortable that you're going to get this valued. But the reasons are because you want to work to, it's not necessarily going to be a transaction. You're managing your investment. And so the, the, you know, I think some of, some of the, um, people kind of waiting for the last minute, I think has to do with fear and not wanting people to know or overreact that they're going to get the business valued. And that means I got to find a new job. Yeah. Um, so I think also just, you know, using that communication as and, and shift the paradigm a little bit from this is a transaction to I am just managing the investment and trying to find ways to improve the business. Um, you know, it's just, it's in the messaging. As well. Yeah, it's funny. I've caught myself doing that when I'm if I'm sending an appointment out to a client that uh, you know we're meeting to talk about succession planning or something like that. Being very conscious of the the title of the meeting so that if somebody's stuck in their calendar, they don't start getting nervous that that something's happening. We're usually very careful too about when we're when we're teaching just yep. even the titles of the courses that we're putting out because <laughs> people are worried about that if somebody sees them in a something that's labeled the wrong thing that they'll exactly. Yeah, employees start getting nervous and wondering what's uh, it's and it's funny from an employee side. I mean, they're all they're invested in the business too, right? And so when when there's that uncertainty out there of you know if the owner's considering a sale, I mean, what does that mean for me as an employee? Um, but then there's also I mean on the flip side, there's we talked a little bit I think in prep about you know the interest in employee stock ownership plans, right? Whether it's an ESOP or, or some other uh, type of plan like that that helps uh, provide incentive for the employee. But still, to, to figure out if that's the right path or if that's going to get you where you want to be, you got to start with the valuation to figure out where you're at today. Exactly. Yep. So, you know, you'd mentioned um, there are some things, you know, you gave the example of, you know, uh, kind of refreshing the business some, you know, maybe updating some of the assets, things like that. What are some other ways that a business owner can kind of proactively manage the the value of their business? Yeah. So, you know, like... I had mentioned before, um, business valuation is all about cash flow and risk. Mm-hmm. So first of all, when you get a business valuation, you're going to work with an appraiser who's going to who's going to estimate what those future cash flows are. Yep. The better that you can be at forecasting yourself, the better history you have of forecasting, the more the less risk there will be in that forecast. If you know what I mean, You've, you're experienced. You're not just throwing a dart at a wall. You kind of know what you're doing. You know, you know what you know. It drives your business. You know what it takes to grow that. You know to make that growth. Whether there's investment in people or infrastructure that needs to happen to meet those goals. So the more you can start, you know, doing your own internal budgeting, so that you kind of get comfortable with how that how that process works. That will make any pro- any projections that are included in evaluation much more meaningful. So that would be one piece of advice: is to just start budgeting. Um, and if you're if you're not already, and if it's I mean, you know one year, maybe it's a three year plan, and start to kind of look out a little bit farther on your own to see, you know, how accurate can you be in your in your forecasting? So the more accurate you can be historically in your forecasting ability, the more um, reliable any any other forecast would be. So that would be one thing. Um, 
you know, I, like I had mentioned, looking at the aging condition of your assets, if there's, you know, if there's going to be a risk that a, no, a new buyer is going to come in and have to make a big investment right away, that'll work to, de- to depress the value. So um, making sure that you've got investment in capacity. Somebody wants to buy capacity. They don't want to buy a plant. This is a bad example because it's a manufacturing example, but you don't want to buy an exam- uh, a plant that's running at capacity. There's no room for growth without some significant investment. Um, so that, that could work to, you know, in, in negotiations against you, if you don't have, um, up, upgraded, um, facilities, um, the dependence on key people is another one, like I had already mentioned that we see a lot where, um, all the institutional knowledge rests with the owner. Um, so the more you can, uh, diversify, hire that kind of executive management level, um, team that you can start to really, and not just in in words, actually delegate <laughs> to, exactly. to the management team because it's great to have a VP of sales, but if you don't actually let them run as a VP of sales, then you basically just have a salesperson. Exactly. Um, so making sure that 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 piece is 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 together, um, and that you know that also just again that just works to improve the culture of the business. So even if it's not intended to improve business value. Um, the the culture should improve as well, and you know we all know right now with how hard it is to retract or attract and retain employees. So the more you can give them um, some authority, I would think the better. Um, and then another one that we see typically in our smaller customers is that they have some cons- customer concentration. That's not always something that's an easy one to overcome. Um, but the more, you know, and those customer concentrations can be a double-edged sword on one hand, they're great because you tend to get recurring revenue from the same customer and it's a good relationship. And so you can kind of count on them being there, but the risk of course, is what happens if all of a sudden something changes within that customer, they're acquired or the person that you have the relationship leaves or something goes sour and they represent a significant, you know, and by significant, I mean, 10% or more of your sales. If you've got that kind of a concentration with a, a number of clients, um, you know, working to try to d- diversify that. And that is not an easy task. But that, again, is why you want to do this earlier so that you can kind of get a sense of where, where are the pressure points um, that you can really work on um, and make a change. Those are the one. Those are the, the you know some of the factors that we see most commonly. You know, and it's interesting. I mean, go back to the to the analogy of uh, of you know buying a house, and maybe it's just top of mind because I'm going through the process myself right now. But it's it really becomes that negotiation, right? And you you've agreed on a price, and now we go in and get the inspection and say, oh well, the furnace is going to have to be replaced in a couple years, and this and that. It's really trying to you know, almost kind of turn it around as the business owner and say, Hey, what are the, what are some of the things that I would take exception to if I were acquiring this business? Right. The fact that you, you know, you brought up and, and we see this a lot, you know, I feel like there's in that maybe five to $10 million revenue range businesses make this jump where they establish that team, you know, the, the owner can, can get the business up so far just based on, on kind of carrying all the responsibility themselves. But at some point, if they want to grow past, I've seen it in that five to 10 million range, but if they want to grow past that. They have to really build a team around them and start relying on the expertise of the, the members of their organization. So I think that, uh, you know, that's, that to me is one thing I think a lot of business owners who are, who want to try and use this as a tool, should think about and then, you know, help address, like you said, if you've got a concentration of, of customers that there's a risk that those could go away, you know, then, you know, you want to, uh, you want to make sure you're protecting against that in the, you know, being in Metro Detroit, we have a lot of 
clients who work with the auto industry, right? And that is a notoriously difficult industry and it has its ups and downs. And so uh, you always you always seem to hear that, oh, we want to diversify more out of automotive. It's like, okay, well, that's going to be great for you. It's going to be great for your business. You know, just now you actually have to do it as opposed to just having it on your to-do list every year. You know, value, when you mentioned the thing about the house again, um, you know, you do get a valuation and we'll tell you about the, the value of your business is $20 million, making a number up. Mm-hmm. And if you were going to actually transact, then you do go through a negotiation and price doesn't always equal the value, just like in a house situation. You know, our housing market here around the Madison, Wisconsin area is very vibrant right now. And so houses are selling well over listed price. So um, before the, you know, before those valuations can kind of catch up. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in there too, that the, whatever the value is that you would get from an appraiser might not always be what you transact at. But. Yep, exactly. You know, and, and, and just sticking with that, uh, that house theme again. So typically, you know, I mean, I would say that most business owners don't go through this process a lot, right? Maybe they, they sell a business once or they make an acquisition one or two times during the, you know, the, the course of their ownership of the business. Um, what kind of advice do you have for a business owner um, who's trying to find someone to help them with evaluation uh, since, since it's not going to be something they uh, are probably very familiar with? Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a, a couple different ways to value a business. And although it is all about cash flow and risk, um, some appraisers will rely on only historical information, meaning they'll go back to last year, last three years, and and calculate an average of the of the company's performance. People sometimes tend to like that because it's something that has already been achieved, um, and they and they find more comfort in that that it's already you know that there's historical results that support that. And then they'll and then they'll assume that they are making an assumption that the business will continue. To perform that way forever. Now we know from working with closely held businesses that they're very dynamic, and it isn't always going to be that your results are going to be the exact as last year or even the average of the last three years. So my first advice is to have to find somebody that's going to be forward looking. This is a little valuation techno talk, but we do what's called a discounted cash flow method, and that means that we sit down with the business owner and we look forward and talk about and really understand the the owner's business plan. Do you need to hire somebody? Do you need to invest in something? Is an acquisition on the horizon? You know, what is what is it about the future that's going to look different than the past? Because a buyer is buying the future. They're not buying the past. They're buying what the future ability of the firm is. So finding somebody that'll that you'll that you can trust. And of course, that's going to come with some rapport and some interviews and um, other other ways that you um, you know find somebody that you that you can trust. But then somebody that will spend the time to really get into the details and understand and know your business so that you can build a good model um, that will provide a good value, um, either either for planning purposes, for succession planning, for transaction, whatever it is. But really finding somebody that will take the time um, to understand the future business plan is really critical. Yeah, you know, and I, I'd, I'd really like to just underscore that that second point. Uh, having having connected with uh, with uh, Capital Valuation Group through Control System Integrators Association, uh, it's it's so important for someone to understand your business, the industry it operates in, um, because as you said, someone doing evaluation, anybody who does valuations can come in and put a value on your business, uh, but if they don't understand those unique you know, characteristics and uh, thinking about, you know, integrators, uh, you know, they're, 
they're job based, right? So you can have a really strong quarter and then the next quarter comes down and then it jumps back up. And so uh, being able to understand that and, and talk to the business owner about how, okay, how do we smooth that out in the financials and how do we account for that in your forecasting? Uh, because if you, if you walk into a potential buyer with those financials, it's going to make them a little bit nervous seeing those kind of big swings. But if there's a way that we can smooth that out and, uh, and, and, and make it a little more consistent, uh, that just helps your case when you're, you're selling. And, and really, unless you know the industry, you know what the companies are going through, it's really hard to kind of identify the things that will help do that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Excellent. Well, Jane, I really appreciate you coming on today. I think you gave some some great insights for for business owners uh, and how they can use valuations, not just as a kind of end of their involvement tool, but something you know strategically throughout the uh, you know throughout their whole ownership. Um, I guess if anyone listening to this wants to reach out, what's the what's the best way to get in touch with you? Well, you can look us up on our website, uh, which is capvalgroup.com. Uh, you can look for me at LinkedIn um, and it's under Jane Tariba. Um, and all of our contact information is on our website and, and within LinkedIn. So that would be a great start. Excellent. And, and we'll also include, uh, we'll include all the contact information in the show notes as well. So, uh, so anyone trying to get a hold of you will be able to find it there. Well, thanks, Jane. Thank you for coming on today. I appreciate the time. Thanks, Brian. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to like us, subscribe, and share on social. To learn more about Clayton and McCurvy, visit us at ClaytonMcCurvy.com. That's C-L-A-Y-T-O-N-M-C-K-E-R-V-E-Y dot com. We thrive on finding the solutions for you.